Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. We're back again. I'm Nick. This is... Scott. Hello, Scott. Where are we? What are we drinking? Oh, hello, Nick. Hey, we're in the DY Hotel. How great's that? Oh, we're back here again. We were here yeah. ages ago. Yeah, it's still here. It is. It is. It's open again after lockdown and all of that. But you know what happened in the meantime? They put 5G signal in the area and there's actually coverage here now. Well, there wasn't last time, so that's kind of no. cool. No, it's the one of the few buildings in the area, being a hotel of that, that had no internet. Yes. Anyway, it has coverage now. This is great. Hey, um, I found this bottle. Yeah. It's called, it's actually from a winery called Brave Souls. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I thought that, that in itself was enough just to say, come on, no one does that for a reason. But, um, yeah, it's actually not half bad. It's not bad, is it? It's a, a, a Grenache Chirez uh, Mourvedre. I always pronounce that incorrectly, but anyway. Uh, it's called the Abel Seaman. It's from the Brossa. And, um, yeah, you know, I'd buy that again. Yeah, it's very nice. It's quite quaffable, so to speak. I don't mind yes. drinking that. Yes, I think it outperforms what we had last week. No, <laughs> almost anything outperforms <laughs> what we had last week. But that was an excellent choice. Anyway, <laughs> well, it was your choice, Scott. You're yes. the wine chooser. Well, there we go. So we're going to continue now talking about you know, CompTIA's you know, document they released recently talking about the future of... What are yes. they talking the, about again? The, the, the top 10 trends in the industry. Okay. What's, what's going to be happening? Like we're, yep. you know, where, where are the big things coming up in 2022? Mm-hmm. So, yes, we covered the, the top five last week. Yes. And uh, these are in no particular order, by the way, but here are the, here are the bottom five of the list, or the numbers six to ten. So we're going to uh, start at number six. And number six yes. is... Channel cybersecurity has a ways to go. In fact, I've got to tell you this. I was reading Twitter <laughs> today, and somebody said, post something on Twitter that's a talk you could have given 10 years ago that won't be old today. And, and the first person came back and said, security's an issue. <laughs> security's always going to be an issue. <laughs> yes, look, ch- channel cybersecurity, it's an interesting thing. It, it does have a way to go. I think, And I think it's one of those, it's always going to have a way to go. Yeah. There is no magic bullet here. Uh, it doesn't matter what steps you put in place, someone's going to come along and create a different approach that's going to need you know, a, a different method to protect against it. Uh, you look at where we are, do we have this sort of ransomware approach to a Bitcoin 10 years ago? Yep. Yeah, that's the whole the whole thing there. Did we have, um, you know, you'd have antivirus on your machine. You'd sort of go, tick, yeah, okay, I'm pretty good. But now it's a lot more than just antivirus. Yeah, well, well in fact, I would say, if you, probably if you're running Windows, You've got it inbuilt into the platform now, whereas before you didn't. So well, it's not even antivirus. It's kind of sitting there. And Windows Defender is, it was derided when it first came out. Um, but but really, it's 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 really solving the problem for so many PCs out there. Except the fact that you go and buy a new manufacturer X and you get McAfee or Norton or, or one of the yes. others on there. Yeah. It, it, there's something built in. You don't but need anything else. I think some of those extra add-on bits and pieces are starting to lose their attraction. I don't know. I think they always have. You yeah. know, Microsoft came out with a thing. Oh, goodness. In the Windows, maybe the Windows 7, maybe early Windows 8, which was really a configuration of a PC you could buy only in the Microsoft store that was what they called clean PC. Oh, had no other software on it. It was just Windows and Defender, and it was configured okay, and it had nothing else. And those machines ran unbelievably fast. 
because there's no other bloatware in it. And I know I can take a perfectly good computer and make it run really slow by all the rubbish I put on it. Did, did uh, they cost twice as much because you had to pay for all the lost advertising <laughs> revenue and all the... I'm not sure how much revenue, though. It's interesting. How much revenue is there in those inner box bits of software? You know, like AOL. There's a billion AOL CDs out there. E, from yeah, no, I, I, I saw some stats at one point. This is quite a few years ago, though, but it was basically one cent was what it cost to put licensed software on a new machine. Right. On the basis of, yeah, you're essentially giving it away for free and hoping that someone's going to then subscribe yep. when the three months or the six months or whatever it is runs out. Yeah. But Absolutely. you've got to have an operation, therefore, that is very low cost to distribute and run. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But so, channel cybersecurity, still yeah. got a ways to go, right? Uh, look, the, the, the channel's trying to keep up as much as uh, everybody else in this, in this side of thing. Um, there is a lot of focus on security, certainly. Uh, if I went and, and got you know, 100 MSPs and put them in a room, would I find 100 ranked top security providers in the world sort no. of thing? No, I, I, I wouldn't. And, and this is just it, that as much as this industry is changing very quickly around cybersecurity, MSPs and the IT providers are rushing to just, just stay current. So I'd, I'd say, but as a business owner, you've got no idea whether no. your MSP is good at this or bad at this or anywhere in the middle well, most MSPs have got a pretty good grasp upon on the basics and some of the more advanced features a lot more than the average business is ever going to sure but I'll even say that your average sort of MSP is still going to be three to four legs behind you know if if a, an attack comes in from a nation state on you as the MSP or on one of your clients I don't have any expectations that the average security stack that's being deployed is actually going to protect against that no. No, well, most things, most things wouldn't. And, and hence, really, I think the rush to the cloud, because you get, as part of your cloud subscription, you look at Microsoft 365, for example, it's teams of people doing security for that 24 by 7. Absolutely. You can't offer that as a small MSP, right? Yeah, Microsoft's got billions of dollars or something tied into security. That's yeah. right. Anyway, what else have we got there? So there we go. Um, consulting, today's channel opportunity. Yep. Yeah, well, you know. I guess there's a lot of room for professional services and projects and that sort of thing, and also looking at some of the key areas around what the, like the AI data, looking around the machine learning part, looking around IoT. Those those are skill sets that your average business doesn't have. So, so why are customers trying looking for those types of projects and skills? What are not driving that kind of activity? Go, I'll go back a step. A lot of them wouldn't even know that they needed it. <laughs> before yeah. you start to get a more strategic view of IT in saying, look, you go and you're an agriculture you know, um, organization, you mm -hmm. go and grow crops, you do this, you do that. Hey, do you know that this is what modern agriculture looks like, where we put sensors in, IoT devices, we have we collect a lot of data, we automate watering, all this. And, you know, that's, that is the way a lot of these um, uh, businesses work these days. But if you went back 20 years and explained that that's how it's going to look, you'd sort of, oh, you're kidding. Well, you know, yeah. what, what did you just do? Yeah. Yeah, so. but it, that's true. I'm mean, hearing, you know, everything from wineries having a, a little sensor by every one of their grapevines to make sure mm. it got the right moisture and everything to enhance yields, which brings in more revenue. Well, that, so, that's just it. Or, or is it just maintaining competitiveness these these days? Yeah. When you look at um, the, some business that are uh, businesses out there that are only just getting to the point now of looking at, you know, how can we make our operation a bit more smarter? You say, well, well, go and look at what your competitors are doing and try to do half of that, and that'll get you a bit further up the, the track. But you either get the choice in this. You're either going to be a market leader in trying to 
be efficient, effective, competitive and drive that forward to the point where you are the competitor that everyone else is looking at mm-hmm. or you're playing catch-up. Yep. There's, there's not a lot of gap in between. So. Yep. No, for sure. It's, it's actually really interesting. I'm thinking of you know, that kind of consulting comes in where we watch organisations either try and reduce costs or increase profit or sell more or predict sales and all of those are possible with data and consulting and smart things. Yes. But you've got to make sure the customer's mature enough to land the results of that consulting into their business, it, it, right? That's right. And they're unlikely to have these skills in-house, which is why the technology companies, the MSPs and so forth, are the ones generally um, with a better grasp on what is, what is at least possible or enough to paint a picture on what you could be doing to the yep. point of then you go and investigate, well, can we do this? Is this feasible? Will I get a good result if I do this? Yeah. No, for sure. So we've got all of that. That's like positive. We've talked yeah. cybersecurity. We've talked about consulting. We've talked about using technology. But you can't buy it. Well, there's a minor issue. There's a supply <laughs> chain issue, of there course, is. isn't there? There's a big uh, one. There's there's a big chip supply chain issue. And um, I was just I was listening to some recent things actually. Um, and this isn't. Um, there's there's a few there's a few things causing this. Mm-hmm. This isn't just that you've got cars that need was it about eight or nine chips that go in them and they can't get any of them. Um, this is uh, going a lot further. Um, we're looking at things like are there geopolitical issues coming into play? Yeah. But you're also looking at countries have got their own issues they're trying to deal with. Um, like some of the China uh, factories we saw recently, they they lost power. Yeah, there because you go. you've well, got. There's one thing I was reading the other day. There's only a handful of chip fab facilities on the are. planet, and they're centered in two countries, China and Taiwan. Mm. I believe there's two in Taiwan and like yeah, two or three yeah, in China. There's, and there's, there's one or one and a bit in Texas um, as well. And even Samsung's just opening up another one. They, they've just committed to another one in the US. Now, because you but, you now and, yeah. and chip fabs are crazy. Right? I was listening to an article on this billions of dollars to build yeah. a chip fab facility. It's a crazy, difficult, complex facility. And you've got to get the throughput to make it viable. And yeah, you know, chips, yeah, okay, the high-end processors cost hundreds of dollars, but most chips that drive most things are cents they're, or they're, fractions they're of cents. Yeah, look, an, an Ethernet controller, uh, when, when they started to put them into laptops many, many years ago, um, the actual chip component price of the Ethernet controller that would be added on was 11 cents. Wow. That was wholesale in the in the production line yep. when you actually added it as a component onto your system board. But you think of the complexity. I know. I don't know if you know, the listeners understand the complexity of a microchip, but they're effectively, some of them are billions of tiny, tiny transistors, which are little switches, wired together in such a way to make logic mm. work, actually wired together in a processor in such a way to make a computer language work, which drives everything we do. And that's all hardwired, unless you're an FPGA chip and then yeah. you can software it. But anyway, um, this technology is is like crazy microscopic and it's getting smaller and it's really hard to do. And we've stuffed ourselves because the, the major companies have gone, well, it doesn't really make sense for us to invest in a chip fab. We'll use Bob's over there in Taiwan. And when there's supply chain issues out of Bob's, it breaks the entire world's supply chain. You can't, you can't ship a car without chips. You can't ship an aeroplane without chips. You can't ship a, a manufacturing plant. You just 
cascades, no. right? And, and what, what we're seeing now are things like up to six months lead time on new network product orders. So if you want to switch or you want a router or something like that or a firewall, depends on how many you buy, mm -hmm. but we're, we're seeing quite large lead times from the larger manufacturers on what it's going to take them to get your orders in. Yep. They're even now bringing in things like if you order it, you've committed to that order. Because it's taking so long to get orders through, they're seeing organisations just go and put in orders for, you know, oh, give me a thousand this month, a thousand next month, whatever. We'll, do, we'll just pre-commit to all of this stuff yep. on the basis of if they happen to start coming in, that's all right, we'll just cancel. So well, this is this now is, you can't cancel. This is yeah, you can't cancel. This is and this is not COVID causing this, right? No, this no, is, this, this is not a COVID thing. Wow, this, this is COVID exacerbates it a little bit. But. So. If we look at um, like TSMC out of Taiwan, yep. they actually had environmental issues. They had too much rain because of the drought. Uh, not enough rain. Not sorry, enough rain yep. because of, of the drought, and they need a lot of water to run that particular uh, plant. Uh, you do have the other environment issues from from, uh, from China saying we've got these um, uh, clean air targets or whatever it is they're trying to achieve. So we're so, shutting down power. So, to so those shut down areas, the yeah. power to stop burning the coal to yep. stop. But all of a sudden now that the factories stop. And wow. then, then there's a debate about, well, hang on, what are we trying to do here? Yep. Um, you've also got then the geopolitical side going, well, we don't want to buy stuff from that country. You need to bring manufacturing back into this country. Blah, 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 and, which, sure. and that creates tension and, and forced supply chain issues. Um, but there's just lots of things, and this identifies a whole new level of risk that just wasn't there. So, so when previously. you wander up to your MSP and go, I need a new wireless access point, and they say, August... Mm. They're not mucking with you, right? It's, it's no, a, it's, it's real. We've, we've had serious supply issues. They're just yep. doing basic stuff from day to day. Yep. Uh, it, it's interesting. Someone what? actually said the other day, well, we need to all go buy some 3D printers and just start making this stuff. Yeah, you can't print chips, though. No, you can't print chips. Um, but someone, I actually heard an interesting comment um, the other day as well, that, well, that was a good concept, the 3D printer, but essentially China is our 3D printer. Yes, if you're going to buy a 3D printer to buy to go and create, you know, hundred or a thousand gizmos or whatever, it's actually just cheaper to go to a factory somewhere in China and say, "Hey, can you make me this?" Yeah. So 3D printing has it's got back to the realm where it should be, which is in prototyping. Yeah, okay, pr so prototyping, a bit of modelling, yeah, some it's yeah, great yeah. rapid prototyping tool. Yeah. But if you want lots made quickly, cheaply, they, well, yes. they've been using China. But maybe we need to bring that on shore. I don't know. Maybe that's contentious. I don't know. We've got a lot of land here in this country. No, we do have a, we do have a, a lot, lot of land. sand, a lot of heat from yep. the sun. The middle, maybe we could build a fab. Using solar power. Yeah. Anybody, oh. got, anybody in the audience got yeah, a couple of hundred billion to spend, we'll build a fab. I'm sure no one's thought of this before. Invested us. We've never done oh. this before. It'd be fun. Right. Um, okay. Yes. Number nine. We're up to number Ooh. nine. It's exciting. Soft software development gets more granular. What does that mean? Now, we actually had to go and look this up. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that could mean anything. So the, the concept is that in, uh, in days past, you would actually yep. have um, the enterprises with large development teams going and building bespoke applications end-to-end, -end, like your CRM, your solution, your finance application, your, the, all of your business intelligence, they would actually build it. And yep. you'd have a few hundred people sitting in floors somewhere going and writing all this code and pulling it together because you couldn't just go on a shelf somewhere or to an internet site and say, oh, there's the app I need to run my business. Yep. But now you can. You can, but smaller and smaller customers are getting involved in software development. They are because they're finding that the app that you go and get off the internet side for you know, 100 bucks a user or 5 bucks a user a month or whatever it is, is really good at all the generic stuff. Yep. But all of a sudden now, 
there's an, there's 10,000 other businesses that have done exactly the same thing and it doesn't give you a competitive advantage. Yes. Yes. So competitive advantage comes from a software development capability. So if you're running a business out there, what this is saying is that your competitors are getting a software development capability because software is the yeah, the automation powerhouse of business. That's right. And it's all these smaller projects. Um, the, the software development today in companies is not like, let's go and write a big CRM platform that hooks in our finance, that does all of our databases. That's all, that's all been done. And in a lot of cases, you can get it open source for free if you know what to do with it. Yeah, it's very much more, let's solve this little bit, right? That's right. If we could fix that problem, or look, yep. we're spending a million dollars a year addressing that issue. If we could write some code that did click, click, click. Yep. And all of a sudden, whoa, now what could we use that million dollars for? Oh, let's toss it at the next issue and automate that. There we go. So software development into business. And because I run a software development team, that's awesome. Come talk to me. Yeah, I can excellent. help with that. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure the consulting group refers to it. Yes. Sure. Now, when you're doing software development, some of the projects we have to do involve data. They do. And what's starting, and what CompTIA are talking about is the analytics revolution. Yes. And if I was to unpack that a little bit, it comes back to the fact that to run a really effective growth business, you need to make all your decisions based on the data, not on gut. Correct. So driving data analytics really seems to be the push among business. I want lots of data. I want to analyze it. But I think what comes with that is you need teams who know how to use the analytics tools. Yeah. Charts and graphs are lovely. But they tell you half we, the story. It's being able to drill in and slice and dice yourself. And these tools aren't difficult, but you need to be able to use the, them to make decisions. Yeah, you need to know what you're looking at. I mean, you can produce data that says anything. It, it's the data that actually produces what you need to know yeah. that's the important bit. And, and this sort of is the, the last uh, item there. And look, for whatever reason, someone's decided that foundational data management drives an analytics revolution is a great title. It's a cracking title. Uh, I love it. I think it's a good it excuse rolls for someone off. to go and buy a copy of Grammarly. Rolls, up, uh, rolls, off, <laughs> rolls off the tongue. But the, the concept I, is there. Uh, the concept's there. And I, I think it comes down to, I, I, I think I've said this before. When I joined Microsoft, there was a thing called MS Sales, Microsoft Sales. And Microsoft Sales, that they gave to you as a new employee at Microsoft, had all of the sales history of every product and every customer. And it was one big fat pivot table. And, and really, you've got this empty pivot table and went, well, that's MS Sales. What do I do with that? Yeah. It's a pivot table. Go, go use it. And, and that expectation, when I joined that company, from every level of the business as to your capability with IT. Yeah. No, they didn't say, and they also said, if you want to learn about it, here's a bunch of resources. Go and do it yourself. But, but no training courses. And no, no. Go learn and experience but, it. But, but if I put a bucket on the table and there's 100 bits of paper in there of all different colors with numbers and whatever written on them, and I told you, hey, the answer's in there. And you'd be looking at it going, well, I'm sure it is, but what's the question? Yeah. How do I, what do I do with all this data? If I said, well, go and pick up the six green bits of paper out of all of this, that's next week's lotto numbers. And all of a sudden you win lotto and you're a millionaire overnight. Yep. So, well, that was really valuable. I learned what to do with specific parts of yep. data that was in that big bucket of data. Yeah, no, for sure. Where are the hidden million dollar answers in all the data that you've got? And they're certainly that, right? They are there. You've got to know what you're looking for. And this is where you get people like business analysts coming in or product managers with that analytics yep. flair. Cool. That's interesting. So we're going to, so to recap, right? yes. channel cybersecurity has got some distance to go. It does indeed. Right? And you've got no idea where they're good. 
consulting is a big opportunity. People are going to want to do more with what they have and use technology better. That's good. Yes. Um, we've got a big problem with supply chain. It's not going to go away quickly. No, it's going to be around for a while. Um, software development into smaller and smaller organizations, yes. solving more niche problems. Yes, if we can only find the developers. Well, I've got a team of those. Um, <laughs> and, and data management and an analytics revolution. Yeah, look, the, the, the data play is going to be big. And I, I just we've, we've gone from like doing it in Excel to doing it in Power BI to now the next version of here are all the analytics tools that are starting to come out. They're, some yeah. of them are getting a bit harder to use, but once you get used to them, they're quite good. But you yeah. do have to know what you're doing. Excellent. So that was the you know, Comptier's Industry Outlook Part 2. Thank you, Scott. That was that's interesting. Right. Yeah, that's all right. Thank you, Nick. We'll, we'll see in a year's time how many of these actually hold true. But I'm going to tell you, they, they all seem fairly they, valid. They, they do. They do. They all so, ring a bell somewhere. So if you do like what you've heard, please like and subscribe. Um, make sure you follow us. We're on audible.com, Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also on Facebook, YouTube. Don't know where you found us, but we're on all of those places. Thank you so much for listening. Um, coming up over the next couple of weeks, last year we made a set of predictions about the industry. Ooh, yes. So we're going to unpack those and see how we did. I oh. think that will be a fascinating Christmas episode. What did we get out of 10? Yeah, probably zero. But can we'll, you go negative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we <laughs> probably can. But thank you so much for watching. Really hope you've enjoyed it. Have a fantastic day. Bye. See ya.